podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy. And it's May. If it's not Tasty Cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Accept no substitutes. Now, we were really fortunate to get a chance to speak to a recent Liverpool great, Rob Jones, earlier today. Here's the interview. Interesting stuff. Uh, Rob, it's absolutely fantastic to have you uh, with us on the Day Trippers today. Let's just get straight into the questions. Your arrival at Liverpool Football Club is nothing short of fairy tale stuff. You were essentially plucked from the lower divisions with Dario Grady's crew by Graham Sunas uh, to play with your own idols, making an incredible yeah. debut, shutting out Ryan Giggs and, and Man United in the scoreless draw. When you look back at that now, does it feel like almost like a dream, the, the suddenness of it, the speed of the transition? You're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it does, you know people still talk about it now and you know and I do I mean you know I don't think it really happens now does it I mean at the time then I was playing you know fourth division football um, you know Graham Souness uh, came to watch me uh, I think it was on the, on the, on the Wednesday night uh, when we were playing I was playing at Gresty Road and then I got the phone call on the Thursday night from Dario you know saying that you know the team that I support you know uh, was a big fan of Liverpool wanted to you know, have a chat with me. So, I mean, if that wasn't a dream come true, I mean, when I, I met Graham Sooners, when, when I met him on the Friday, you know, he, he mentioned to me in the car that did I fancy playing against Manchester United on the Sunday, live on telly and, and, and marking Ryan Giggs. I mean, you're right, it, it, it felt a dream at the time. And if you look back now, you, you do, you laugh, don't you? You know, but, you know, I just remember thinking, you know, yeah, you know, he asked me, would I be able to cope? I said, yeah, you know, of course I would be able to cope, even though. You know, I knew I was going to be very nervous. And uh, I think on the day, just got out there and just thought to myself, you know, this is your one chance. You've always wanted to play for Liverpool. It's your dream to play for Liverpool. You know, you, you messed this up. You, you know, if you can, I always felt that if I started getting worried and nervous about thinking about things, that, you know, I, might, I messed it up. So I just went out there and, and, and played my game. And I think, lucky enough, um, I got a few early touches, you know, early doors and, um, you know, and, and had a good game, and it just sort of went off from there. Then, well, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think Luke had anything to do. We were, I think everyone was so impressed with the, with the, with the, this the suddenness with which he took to to the level of football. I mean, Stephen Maneman, uh, uh, there's a reference in your book, Robbed, where he says to you that you would have been England's number one had it not been for injuries. He also had you in his all time eleven alongside Zidane and, and everyone like that in four four two in a thing that I saw. Um, yeah. <laughs> When we're discussing our all-time 11s, uh, Rob, you featured uh, in the discussion quite a lot, and it, there's an awful lot of this, but for the injuries and all that kind of thing. Does that yeah. annoy you? You know, when you look back and you you had made over 240 appearances over a decade mm. at Liverpool. I mean, and for the first five seasons or so, you were pretty much ever present. I mean, does the injury yeah. thing sort of annoy you? 
I know what you're saying. Yeah, you you know, as you say, every interview that I do, <clears throat> I think the injury is always brought up. But again, I, it, I suppose it was a big part, you know, of my career. I mean, every time, you know, say, um, you know, when I came in for to the Liverpool side, you know, I was playing well, and you know. Um, and played for England, but then I got the shin splints, and the shin splints was a, a big thing then. Um, and I think because I missed the European Championships that summer, it was making the papers quite a lot. So I think that, you know, um, you know all the injuries that I had, there were never little, you know, hamstrings or calf injuries. It always seemed to be, you know, big, you know, big injuries. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's always, you know, what if? I mean, with the England career, you know, I know I got eight caps, you know, I was. You know, always great to represent the country. And yeah, I would, I would have loved to have got more, but it just wasn't the case. And, you know, I look at all the positives when I look back at McCree and just think, as you just said, you know, 240 appearances, you know, um, you know, FA Cup winners medal, which, you know, a lot of players can play, you know, maybe 500 appearances and not, you know, get a, you know, an FA Cup medal or, you know, any type of medal. So yeah, you know, injuries are always brought up. I understand people talking about them because, you know, it, it was a big part, and obviously, I ended my career at 27 years of age, which again, which is a it's a young age to finish your career, isn't it? But uh, absolutely. But even in the early part where you were flying, and your form was quite imperious, and I know, you know, a lot of us remember that 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 period very fondly in your own form, in particular, very fondly. I mean, just purely on form alone, do you think you should possibly have re- represented your country more in those years? Well, yeah, as you say, um, you, you'd have hoped so, but the injury every time I seemed to. You know, getting to the, the um, European Championship side. I mean, when Terry Venables um, uh, was looking at picking me in '96, um, I broke my vertebra. You know, I said I'd struggled for probably six to six to seven months with it. You know, carrying on playing with it, we never sussed it out. And then just as you know, I was supposed to go with the squad. You know, that happened. So, you know, you know, obviously I'd, I'd have got a few, a few more caps then. But as you say, you know, it wasn't to be, and uh, you know. That's why the injuries did play, you know, quite a big part in in my career. Sure. Well, an awful lot of us would think of you as the as the best signing of that Sunes era. Um, as fans from the outside, it seemed to start off quite well. As you say, there was a, there was a, a very enjoyable cup win uh, in '92. But yeah. there was that just it went into a bit of a spiral, didn't it? Uh, f- finishing up with, with Graham's resignation. Could you tell us yeah. in that last season what was it like in the dressing room? I mean. Um, and then when Roy Evans was appointed, was it? Did it feel like it did for us fans? Like there was a kind of a cloud lifting, or, or um, was that just? Yeah, I mean, just... Uh, yeah, I, know, like I think everyone always tries to, you know, look at something that was maybe going on in the dressing room that why the results weren't going too well. I just think it was a big transitional period when when Graham took over, and he probably say himself, like, and I've said in my book that you know, when he did come in, you know, possibly, you know. Um, you know, the John Barnes and the Ian Rushes, you know, he, he could have got them, say, under his wing and, and got them to help him. Um, but he, went, he, he just sort of went the other way. And, he, you know, I say he brought Mark Wright and he brought a great centre half, an England centre half, and, and give him the captaincy. And I think there was a few little things going on, you know, there, you know, but that, you know, it wasn't Mark Wright's fault. But to be honest with you, I, you know, sort of just joined the team. I was a, a young lad and I, I sort of kept out of it all. You know, I just, I played my football. Um, but then, you know, Roy took over. Um, obviously, uh, Graham went and, and Roy took over. And then Roy was then, the young lads were sort of maturing. There were, you know, the Jamie Redknapps, uh, the Stephen Mannermans and Robbie Fowlers and myself were all coming through. And, uh, and Roy just strengthened it, strengthened the team then in a, a few different areas. And 
you know, we played some great football with Roy. I think we were, you know, we, we were close at, at some stage to uh, one of the closest we've probably been to the Premier League then. Yeah. Um, it, it just seemed to be that Manchester United just seemed to be, you know, then just a lot more consistent than we were. Well, it's you mentioned some really stellar names there, guys that you would have played with, like Robbie Fowler, like Steve McManaman. Um, you would have seen the emergence of Michael Owen, um, Jamie Carragher, Stevie, and all those kind of guys. Um, what, what, how good was it to be part of that team? As you say, a team that came certainly flirted with, with, with taking the Premier League title. How, how exciting was it to be part of that bunch? And who was it in that group that impressed you the most? Yeah. As you say, it was it was a very exciting time. You know, you, you just mentioned a couple of them. As you say, there like Stephen Mann and Robbie Fowler. Um, you know, and there's also you know John Barnes, Ian Rush. I mean, they were just you know, obviously sort of coming to their end of the Liverpool days. But you know, you know, Rushy was still scoring you know great goals and driving you know Russian Fowler play with Russian Fowler up front. I mean, and when you say you know, I've been asked this question before. You know, who who would you pick as the best player you've played with? But you know, I've played with that many good players, you know, like, you know, I've mentioned it there, the Fowlers, Rush, Barnes, the Manaman, you know, even the Ronnie Whelans and the uh, Steve Nichols. I mean, there's been some, you know, great players that I've, I've had the privilege to, to play with. Um, I, I always sort of say, though, Steve McManaman, I mean, and I know he put me in the, uh, his, his best 11 with Zidane and all that, so I've, I've got to do him a favour as well. <laughs> <laughs> Being a friend, but no, Stephen Manaman, you know, when me and when I used to play right back there and he was playing right midfield and we used to bomb up and down the right hand side. I mean, there was probably the, the, one of well, the best two years I had playing was playing with him up and down there consistently before I moved to the left back role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hell of a partnership right there. Um, yeah, I, I, it would be remiss of me if I didn't ask you. I'm sure you've been asked about this almost as much as you have about the injuries. But those games against Newcastle United, those kinds of seminal matches that people remember. Um, what was it yeah. like to be part of those? Uh, was was there as much elation in the dressing room after those wins as there was amongst the fans, or was it just well, it's yeah. another league game? Or? Exactly. Well, I mean, being a fan as well, I mean, you just, you know, you, you want to win, but there's nothing better than, you know, if winning a game in the, in the last minute is, uh, you know, and uh, you know, both of those games, the, the scoring was going back and forward, wasn't it, constantly. And, yeah. uh, you know, you know, yeah, in the dressing rooms, in the dressing room at the end, yeah, it was just like probably everybody else was, you know, celebrating and, and happy. And you can imagine what it was like in the Newcastle dressing room. It would have been completely the opposite, wouldn't it? So, you know, we we were just happy with the uh, with the three points and exactly you know scoring the last minute was is unbelievable, isn't it? Both of them were great games. Sure, and with that group, with that team, you mentioned yourself the the closeness that there was to maybe league success. Um, did did you guys feel it at the time? Did you feel like it, there was there was a, a league title in you? I know you said it, it coincided with the Ferguson era and, and United suddenly emerging as a force. But how much did that hurt as as, as a proper red wearing the jersey as well at the time? Yeah, I mean it does hurt that, as you say, um, you know, Manchester United seemed to have turned the corner hadn't they, in the nineties, and you know they had the, the David Beckham's were coming through the Neville's, the Scholes's, and that. But you know we had. You know, as you said, as I said earlier, you know, the Manamans and the Fowlers and the uh, and Jamie Redknapp and you know, players like that coming through. So I don't think we were, we were far off. Um, you know, and at times we, we played some really good football. I mean, when we meet meet up, you know, uh, see the ex-players now and then, you know, we talk, you know, with Roy Evans about the, the time that he was there. And 
and sometimes you see it on LFC TV and we play some great football it was good attacking football and I just think um, we just didn't have that little bit of luck and Manchester United as I say were just they were strong they were you know they were a good team you know um, I, I, Alex Ferguson a lot of them and they just seemed to um, just, just be more consistent I think like, when you look back they were just a lot more consistent than us when we did get up there we were second in the league at some stage then we had a run of you know losing a few games and mm. I don't know what it was I don't know if it was the inexperience of us or, or what but you know we, we just uh, we just weren't good enough I suppose you've got to say that to to win, to win the Premier League because you know I always say that the best team do win the Premier League really don't they so. sure sure now, and maybe, maybe just came up that little bit short somewhere but yeah, there was, yeah. it's just there were so many good players it was, it was it was probably as hard for you guys to take but certainly yeah. for the fans looking at all those wonderful players it was hard to understand by the end of your book um, uh, Robbed you talk about losing your love of the game you know when it, when it finally comes to the end you're, you're not really interested yeah. in football we spoke to, to Niall Byrne in our first ever show he spoke about the same kind of feeling do you think this is due to the fact that you know your career is being cut short by injury, or is it is it something that maybe most pros feel naturally, you know, just through have been have been been involved for so long as they wind down? Yeah, I think everyone must you know would take it different. I just I just felt I don't know if it was because I finished so early. I just couldn't go and watch Liverpool. I didn't really watch football on the telly. I think it was just my way of coping of. A finishing maybe, you know, um, you know, I, I just felt that if I went back to Liverpool, you know, I was, I should still be then say 28 years of age, you'd still be thinking, you know, I should be there, you know, or should at least be playing football. So I did, I just lost, lost the love for the games for just for, I don't know how long, it, it's hard to say, but then, you know, it, it does, you know, it, it come back and, you know, you know, to, you everyone know, you know, I was a Liverpool fan beforehand and I'm a Liverpool fan now and, you know, you know, I've definitely got the buzz back now, and uh, you know it's, it's good to be back at Liverpool and, and doing a little bit now. And I mean, Brendan's asked me to come back, so I've got that, you know, the, the buzz of a fan, but you know, sort of back in the club as well. So it's a good feeling at the moment. Well, that's that's something that was that's really really interesting to us guys here, um, watching you being part of the, the club again. Again, at the end of your book, you talk about how you regain your love through your son Declan's interest. Yeah. He's in the academy yeah. now, uh, as you are. And, how does it feel to see your son carry on that 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 kind of Jones legacy? How do you shield him then, maybe from pressures of having yourself such a such a, a prominent ex Red as father? Yeah, I mean it's great to actually have a, a you know a son that you know plays football. I mean, I said to me, it doesn't matter if you if you play for Liverpool or or what, and then, you know he has no pressure on him at all. And you know he's, he goes to the academy. It's a great academy there. You know, He's 12 years of age, and I, I just say, just you know, go out there and enjoy yourself. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no pressure on them at all, and I don't put any um, pressure on him. You know, and, and that's just the way to be. I mean, you know, you know, I don't want him. I think if he felt there was pressure, he'd have to. I know my granddad played for Liverpool, but I, I didn't feel any pressure. I had to. I think it just comes naturally. And I've said to him, you know, if you work hard and if you if you're good enough, you, you know, you'll make it as a footballer. You know, you know carry on with your school work and. Uh, and take it from there, really. I mean, that's all yeah. I sort of say to him. But, you know, it, it, it's been good for me, the other side, as you say, you know, uh, back at the academy and trying to help the, I say, I say the young lads, you know, the under-21s, really. Um, 
yeah, the time. Absolutely. I mean, it's 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 great for us when the story broke that yourself and Robbie and Maka were getting back involved in a part time capacity. Um, it was it was of such interest over here. I mean, what exactly is yeah. your role? I know it, it it was reported at the time that it's it's, it's a part time role and, and and focusing, yeah. I suppose, on your specialist area of defence. How much time is that taking yeah. up? And would you think perhaps I know you're a busy man and you've business away from football? Would you consider maybe getting involved full time in coaching side of the academy in the future? Yeah, well, that's why it, it suited me. I mean, um, Brendan called me, um, I think we were April um, or this year, and uh, just, you know, mentioned we'd come and have a meeting with him. Uh, I went in there and, and he just said to me, he said, you know, um, all, all the, the clubs that he's been around, there's always ex-players around. And he says, I've, I've, you know, I've come to Liverpool and you know, there's none of the you know, the history of the club. There's none of the ex-players, you know, around the training. I know he's got Mike Marsh, but he wanted to get more around the club. So, he just mentioned to me and said, "Would would I be interested in in coming? You know, get involved with the the younger lads um, at the academy and um, you know, sort of mentor them in a, in a way." And uh, you know, he said, "You know, I, I, you know, don't worry about coaching." I mean, he doesn't, as he said to me, "I'm not going to throw a bag of balls at you and say, you know, start taking the coaching session." He says, I've, "I've got I've got great coaches there, you know, in Alex Inglethorpe, and he's got Neil Critchley there doing the under 18 So all all I do." Um, the same as you know, Stephen Robbie is, you know, we'll go in when we can because I know we've all got, you know, um, work commitments outside of that, and um, and you know, go in. I think Alex will take the training and uh, just help them with the defending. You know, if they're doing something right, praise them. If they're doing something wrong, you know, try and put it right for them. And I say just a mentoring role, and it, it's worked well. I mean, I've enjoyed it, and I know that the lads, uh, you know, have, have enjoyed it as well. You know. You know, you, you've got this for the centre forwards there. You've got Robbie Fowler coming and you know showing you how to score goals. I mean, yeah. that, there can't be much more better than that. And you know, Mac has enjoyed it as well. I mean, um, you know, last month me and Steve went with the uh, under twenty ones over to Holland and um, they played PSV Eindhoven, and so we went over there, stayed over, the, stayed the night, and got to know the lads a bit better. And uh, it, it was a good experience. It was a good experience. I mean, I enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I'm sure the lads did as well. And is so the, we it, just. So, sorry, Rob. Is, is there much crossover there in the, in the time that, that uh, yourself and Robbie and, and Steve are there together? You, you mentioned the trip there with the two of you on it. Do, do, do you guys come in together, or do you tend to do maybe you're in on Tuesdays looking at the defenders and Robbie's in? Is, is that the way it breaks down? Or yeah, well, we, we do cross out. We've, we've, we've been in a couple of times and uh, we've joined in the five aside because I think Robbie still wants to, <laughs> wants, <laughs> yeah. to wants to be a footballer, so he's in there. And so you know, we have that side of it as well. I mean, um, you know. I, I took a team and uh, Steve was the captain of the team and Robbie was the captain of one of the other young lads teams and uh, you know we have a little you know five side competition and uh, sort of play against each other and have a laugh and you know get the banter back so uh, you know I know I keep saying we're enjoying it but we are you know we've enjoyed it as well and there's a lot, lot of laughter in the academy and but serious stuff as well but you know uh, I can see the young lads uh, coming up and definitely the next you know in between uh, you know, two to four years there's some good players coming up and you know I know that everyone doesn't get to see um, sort of the young lads coming up but I think it's going to be exciting in the next few years Absolutely I, I think some of us will watch the, the kids very very closely indeed and I think an awful lot of Red Sea the depth of talent that we have in the underage sides there at full back yeah. uh, you know we've got a, a particular interest in Ryan McLaughlin over this side uh, Brad Smith made his debut there against Chelsea Andre Wisdom's been really doing well um, we've got Flano coming through as well with tremendous performances recently um, can, can you uh, maybe take any credit for this Rob do you think? <laughs> 
No, no, I'd never take any credit for it. No, I mean, as you say, I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously Alex and Neil, the, the coaches there, you know, they've got to take all the credit. But what I did say to the lads, I said, you know, you know, Brendan's asked um, us three to come in to try and, you know, help in any way to push it up to the first team. Uh, you know, I said, if, I think if you're at Manchester City or possibly if you were at Chelsea, I don't think you'd get the chance. You know, I don't think, I think they'd buy in, at least Brendan, is, you know, of course he's going to buy as well and strengthen the squad, but he's also always looking at the academy, mm. you know, and I think um, it just showed, like, for example, yesterday, um, I know he's got a few injuries, but, you know, putting Brad Smith and uh, Jordan Rossiter, well, Jordan Rossiter is 16 years of age, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, def- he's definitely a player for the future, but he's showing them, you know, um, if, you, if you work hard and, and play well in the 21s, you know, I'm not scared to, to bring you into the first team. Yeah, absolutely, which is very encouraging for, for, for those particular guys in question. You, you just mentioned Brad Smith there. He made his debut yesterday, obviously out of position. Uh, it was a real baptism yeah. of fire for the kid. And, uh, you yeah. know, obviously, it, it, it's naturally he's going to feel a bit out of his comfort zone there. What was your take on, on that particular move by Brendan? And how much should people really, you know, take into account who he came on against and the, the conditions uh, of the match and the fact that he was out of position? Yeah, I mean, the difficult thing is there um, with, with Brad. I mean, I, I always found it as well as coming on. You know, I think if you start a game, you know, everybody's sort of on the, you know, the same like length, aren't they? You know, and you know when you're coming on with 30 minutes to go, and you know you're playing against world class players. I just thought it was, you know, I knew it'd be difficult for him. But the thing is with Brad, is that he's very, very fast, and you know, and. I was watching there. I mean, he didn't get that many touches of the ball, but he worked hard back and forward. And, you know, he, he got a great touch to give it to Luis Suarez. And then uh, I think it was Cahill come and snapped him in half, didn't he, from, yeah, from behind, course, yeah. you know. But, yeah, I just think it was a good experience for him. And as I said, it, it's showing the, the other lads at the academy that Brendan will give you a chance, you know. So, um, you know, and, and Ryan McLaughlin did quite well as well in pre-season, particularly there. He got a, he got a couple of runs. Um, how? What's your opinion of, of of him as a prospect? Yeah, Ryan's brilliant as well. I mean, you know, as I said, there's there's a lot of young lads coming up. I'd like to like you know, obviously to be mentioning the same names, but I think it's obviously the, the fallback situation. But Ryan is definitely, um, you know, he's great at going forward, but also can defend. Got a great engine on him. Uh, can pass the ball, so he's got everything, and uh, you know, it's a matter of time, really. I think before, you know, he, he gets to step up as well. But there, there is quite a. It's going to be difficult for them because, there's, as you say, there's a there's a few fullbacks now. You know, um, young ones, as you mentioned, like you know, Wisdom and you've got Flanagan and, and and Kelly. So you know, there's a. It's, it's going to be a, a difficult time, but um, Ryan's definitely going to be. Um, within the next, it's hard to say, isn't it, but uh, one to two years, you know, pushing for a first-team place, I think, definitely. Uh, here's hoping. Uh, yourself and your wife are, are the owners of a very successful nursery business called Kids Academy. It's a franchise which is extended, I think, as far afield as the United Arab Emirates, if I'm correct. How rewarding yeah. has it been to make a success of, of a second career, essentially, outside of football? And where does that rank in your own list of personal achievements, Rob? Yeah, well, it is, it is good. You know, I think... Um, you know, when you finish football, it's, you know, uh, a lot of players are probably telling the same thing. What do you do? I mean, that's why a lot of players go into coaching or they go into uh, the media side of it. Um, it's just my wife was always, always interested in, in childcare. So we just, yeah, just got into into it through then. And then, you know, it just sort of blossomed. We opened them in the Cheshire area uh, over in England. And then, 
um, uh, the Bin Mahuda family over in Abu Dhabi. Um, they wanted the franchise over there, so you know it's going really well over there. Um, we've got three open at the moment, and uh, we've just uh, bought some of the two properties over in Dubai. So yeah, that, it's going really well. So yeah, it, it, it's a different, uh, you know, a, a different type of business than football, but uh, it's, it's enjoyable, and uh, you know we we're having a good time with that at the moment. Excellent. Just to bring it back to football-related stuff uh, to finish up, before Christmas yeah. we did our own personal favourite LFC 11s. Um, who would have been your choice uh, for right back? Um, maybe we stuck to people that we'd seen play. Uh, maybe yeah. you could do that as well. Would Steve Finnan uh, come into the reckoning, do you think? Or who would, who would have been your shout? Yeah, um, I mean, Steve Finnan, you know, as a... He was, he was a natural right back, wasn't he? He was a great right back, natural, um, a good defender. I mean, and he was consistent. So I put him sort of with the Gary Neville. I don't know if you'd appreciate that, but, <laughs> yeah. he, but, but, but he, he was. He was. He was always consistent, wasn't he? You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Um, I mean, for players that I've watched over the years, I mean, uh, Phil Neal for me. Um, I know it's going back a bit longer, but you know, Phil was a, a, a natural right back and would could also you know score goals yeah he liked um, the penalty I know, I know it wasn't the Premier League but you know he was uh, and the, the amount of times he played for Liverpool I think Phil Neal is, is the, the legend of right backs I think isn't he yeah, well, absolutely. It occurs to me at this point, uh, Rob, this may be a bit cheeky, but uh, how how did you manage to get through so many appearances without, without notching one for Liverpool? How did that happen? Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know, I mean, the amount of people that say to me about the put a pound on me and they want it back now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I was like 50 to 1, I mean, but I think it was just that I used to get forward that much and I just it just always used to, you know, it was post, crossbar, goalie making good saves and stuff like that, but... You know, I mean, it never really bothered me. I mean, about scoring. I mean, if I could set them up and you know set a few up for Robbie Fowler, I was always happy as long as we won and got the three points. But I mean, of course, it would have been nice to score. But uh, you know, it's just one of them things. I suppose, isn't it? There was never any luck when I got got my shooting boots on. Well, as as you say, when Robbie's in the team, it's, it, it takes the pressure off a little bit. To let's say yeah. the least. Listen, uh, Rob, you've been an absolute chant. It's been fantastic yeah. to, to 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 have you on today. Maybe you might uh, you might join us for a point the next time you're over in Dublin. We'd be delighted no to, to to have a chat. Um, everyone should get on Rob's book, Robbed, as quick as they can. And uh, all the best to you in the new year. Cheers. Thanks a Thanks lot. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Rob. Bye bye. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy. And it's May. If it's not tasty cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Except no substitutes. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.